0: Well, good evening. It's always a bad sign when I stand here. The only time I ever stand behind the ambo rather than walk around to make contact with everyone is when I have an extraordinarily difficult and possibly troubling homily to give. And that's what we have today. I want to make sure that I read it and I don't want to misspeak because if I upset some, which I'm pretty sure I will, um, I want to make sure it was intended and not accidental. Does that make sense? So his father said, today we learn that we, what we plant, we will reap, and we are required to plant love so that we can reap love. In today's gospel, the master creates a beautiful vineyard and leases it out to men who will work it and produce its wine. In time, they begin to think of the vineyard as theirs and begin to disregard the master's ownership. So when the master sends the servants to collect the fruit, they decide to beat and kill them rather than to submit to the request of the master. Time passes. And they are emboldened in their new governance of self rule. The master sends his son to get the fruit. And the gospel says that the workers say to one another, Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. What? How insane! How arrogant! and how brazen a thought, and how evil the action to kill the master's son so that they might gain his authority. These people are given everything that they need to survive in life. All they need to do is meet the expectations of the master and life would be good. But no, they rebel And become proud and arrogant in their thinking. Then they decide to make up their own absurd rules about the vineyard and insist that it is theirs to govern and to heck with the master's desires. It sounds really bad, doesn't it? Who could be so stupid? so arrogant, so disrespectful of the master, who had given such a great gift of this vineyard. My brothers and sisters, this illustration is about you and me. The vineyard is the life that you and I have been given by God. The workers are you and I who become arrogant And begin to think that we can make our own rules about what is right and what is wrong. The beating of the servants are our actions of disregarding truth, like the Ten Commandments. The killing of the Son is our insistence that we are the arbiters of truthful and just thinking, thank you very much. Now October is Respect Life Month, and this gospel is a perfect illustration of how absurd we have all become in talking ourselves into accepting behaviors that are known to be evil, but are accepted By group think. Abortion is a perfect example of this type of thinking. Abortion is murder. It kills the child. Murder is wrong. It goes against the truth that life is sacred and must be protected at all times. But rather than deal with that unwanted or unexpected pregnancy as a society, we pass a law that allows murder. Why? Why? Great question. Because then we don't have to deal with it. They can eliminate the child, and you and I can sit back with no complicity, hands clean, as if nothing happened. Unwanted or unexpected pregnancies are a reality and are wildly inconvenient. Sometimes the pressure that is put on a woman and her family is overwhelming. I know this to be true. I have seen it in my own eyes. My family has experienced it unexpected. I have worked in pro-life ministry. I have worked with women's centers. I have worked with the poor. I do today. I'm on boards with these people. They are wonderful people 99.9% of the time. And oh my goodness, how in the world did I get pregnant again? I cannot go on. They're not evil, they're blown away and they know not what to do, so they do what is so commonly approved and encouraged by our society, well, eliminate the baby. It's just a mass of cells unwanted and unexpected pregnancies require you and I to change our plans. It requires you and I to submit our wills to a new reality. For those of you who have had this happen to yourself, you know, whoa, we're gonna change our plans. This is a very real situation, my brothers and sisters, and requires you and I to stand up for these women by encouraging them not to kill their babies and to do everything we possibly can to support them so that they have a life. We have an obligation to provide services to them. And right here we do, the O'Connor House. And right next to Planned Parenthood on 96th and Georgetown, 86th and Georgetown, The Women's Care Center, they are just two examples of entities that exist by the generosity of you and others to help women, to grab them, to love them, to not judge them, but to make them feel like they are part of the human race with a problem that can be solved. These places do great things. They serve people, they clothe their people, they educate their women, they feed their women, they give free medical care to their women, they teach them how to survive, they help them get jobs, they enter into the marketplace. Did you know that the Women's Care Center at 86th and Georgetown is responsible for the birth of one of every seven children born in Marion County? One in every seven almost aborted. My brothers and sisters, truth, when rejected and then litigated around, creates chaos and suffering. Ignoring people's suffering motivates the society to create laws that are inherently evil. Today, you and I as Christians are watching the truth being rejected left and right. And at the same time, many of us are not doing a thing to change the death rate. You and I are called by God to love and to be his truth and to stand for it for a just society by demanding that the killing be stopped and by providing the services and solutions to these families in need. Pope Pius X, I would encourage you to Google this when you get home, Pope Pius X expounded upon greatly and wrote an encyclical on the rule of subsidiarity, where it is taught that almost all solutions of people's troubles and difficulties and hurts can be found in you and I becoming involved in their ha- in their needs and by our wealth by our talent by our expertise by our connections bringing to them the answers that are so desperately needed by them and therein we live in subsidiarity a perfect example of that is the most famous one of the most famous Uh, gospels and that's the gospel of the Good Samaritan. What does the Good Samaritan do? The Good Samaritan sees some poor man who's beat up and about to die in a ditch, doesn't know him from Adam, goes down, ties him up, binds him up, picks him up, takes him to an inn, places him there in the care of the innkeeper, pays for his stay. Mind you, he does not know who he is. And as he walks away, he says, oh, by the way, I will return. And if there is any more needed for his care, you let me know and I'll cover it. How beautiful. Pope Pius X tells us that that level of interaction is the absolute definition of subsidiarity. We cannot let evil laws stand at the same time you and I need to help those in need. As Christians we are here to be involved and to be advocates of love to those who need the help. Let's go now and pray for the courage to live both roles. One, to learn all that the church teaches about why life is sacred, why it must be defended at all times, at all times through life, and then let us go out and convey it to our children, to our grandchildren, and to anyone else that will live in. Let us pass that truth lovingly to them as a way of informing them of real truth. And at the same time, may we have the courage to go out and become advocates and volunteer and donate our time and our capital to benefit those who are hurting with these real problems. You and I are obligated to reach out and to be the healing hands of Jesus Christ. This month, let's break out of the pattern of pro-life or pro-choice and let's love. Let's vote. And let's love with our hands and our feet and our money and take care of those who need us. May God continue to bless us.